Hey, what's going on? Who that nation? Pretty sure, truly, DJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And we have a special guest with us here on the State of the Saints podcast. You probably uh, know his voice from WWL Radio, especially uh, reading the Sprite scoreboard after every Saints game. But, uh, you know, he's been on the show before. Friend to the State of the Saints podcast. I'm talking about my guy, Mark Menor. What's going on, Mark? Oh, not much, man. How you been? Man, I've been all right, man. Glad to have you back here on the State of the Saints podcast and talk about yet another disappointing season for the New Orleans Saints, man. But uh, we got to talk about it because I got to get your take. But before we start talking about the Saints, uh, you know, uh, last season and the playoffs, uh, let's go ahead and talk about some breaking news that just taken place in the last few hours. Uh, The Saints hired uh, defensive coordinator, uh, former defensive coordinator, of the uh, Dallas Cowboys, as well as uh, coordinator with the Seattle Seahawks, Chris Richard, to be their secondary coach. So, Mark, uh, first things first, what do you think about the hire of Chris Richard, and what do you think he can bring to the Saints secondary? I think I think it's a good hire. You know, it, it, I know the Seattle Seahawks defense has been down a little bit over the last you know few years, but he was there when they were still kind of a force. He came in obviously after Dan Quinn left right. to coach the Falcons, but. Anytime you get somebody from that tree, I think I think you're doing all right. Uh, I don't know a ton about the guy yet. Uh, I'm gonna have to do my due diligence now that he's hired part of the staff. But I know a little bit, and I think you know in, in the role that he's going to be playing, he's going to be a great voice in the ear of Dennis Allen. And you know, Dennis Allen's still gonna be running the show. Da's still gonna be running the show, and right. we're still gonna have Ryan Nielsen there. I think this is another voice that, that that can really lend itself towards you know making this defense or keeping this defense on the level it's been playing at, you know, they, they were a little hit or miss this season, but you know, they did lock into a groove kind of midway through the season. And, and you'd love to see them, you know, pick up that way when the season starts next year. And I think this is going to be a, 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 a good, a good push towards doing that. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, do you think that this was a high, uh, based on the fact that you've seen you know, like the writing on the wall? Okay. You've seen Dennis Allen get an interview with the Philadelphia Eagles. So in the back of your mind, you're probably thinking to yourself, uh, I don't know how many opportunities that I'm going to have with Dennis Allen. So do you think that they possibly hired Chris Richard that, you know, him being a secondary coach in case they lose Dennis Allen due to a head coaching job in the future that he can slide on in there? So do you think that may have been the thought pattern of the Saints as well? It might be. Um, I think Ryan Nielsen is also going to be a strong contender for D.C. if Dennis Allen leaves. But the more guys you can have like that in the building, the better it is because competition always breeds success. And, you know, if if you've got Chris Richard and you've got Ryan Nielsen and they're both, you know, kind of, you know, dueling it out for, 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 you know, who might be the successor to Dennis Allen, pushing each other is only going to make each one better. And I think you really couldn't go wrong with either of those guys if you were to elevate one of them. Uh, and so you've got, you know, you've got another year here probably with Dennis Allen. All the coaching hires are pretty much done in terms of head coaches. And DA is not going to make a lateral move to another, you know, DC job. So it looks like we got him for another year. And I think that's a good thing. I think uh, DA is very good with the Saints defense. And, you know, I think when he does, I think he is going to move on at some point. Yeah. I think I think he's going to get another opportunity. You know, the one head coaching job he got was with the Raiders when the Raiders were super dysfunctional. Yeah. And you you, you can't hold that against him that he didn't do well there because nobody did well there. And really, we haven't yet seen John Gruden do well there. You know, yeah. he, he's, he had a better season this year than, than, than last. But, you know, we haven't even seen him, 
you know, bring that franchise to where, you know, they, they think they need to be. So you can't hold it against DA that he didn't do well in Oakland. And I think he's going to get another shot. And when he does, you're going to have Ryan Nielsen, you're going to have Chris Richard both in the building. And I think one of those guys is going to be primed to make the move up. And right now, I would give the edge to Nielsen just because he's been here longer. And obviously Sean Payton really wanted to keep him since, you know, he, he gave him that hefty, you know, a promotion and bonus to keep him from right. going to LSU. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, they probably think good things are in his future as well, but you know, we'll see how Chris Richard does in, in the black and gold too. And I, and I think he's another one with a bright future, whether it's here or not. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, I was, I was kind of shocked, Mark, that uh, Chris Richard was out of the league. I mean, you look at, you know what he what he did with the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, Rob Marinelli was the defensive coordinator, but people were ranting and raving about Chris Richard and the job that he did. And I can just remember uh, this unfortunate a couple of years ago, around week thirteen uh, on Thursday night, the Saints uh, took on the Dallas Cowboys and they put on a great defensive performance against the New Orleans Saints. And Alvin Kamara, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, all of them were non-factor, and Chris Richard had a lot to do with that. And like I said, this guy is a, a young coach. Uh, I think this is a great opportunity for him. Uh, number one, for him to get back into the league, people to get eyes on him. Because, you know, sometimes in the league when everything is moving forward, people have a tendency of forgetting about coaches. So for him to actually be on the same sidelines, coaching the secondary, I think it, it can put eyes back on him again. And uh, he's definitely going to be one of those coaches. Uh, it's rather he's going to be elevated to – a DC position, or he's going to be elevated out of New Orleans as a head coach. I, I have so much uh, faith in that guy that he can do some great things with this same secondary. Well, and, and I think that, you know, when guys spend a year at home out of the league, I think it right. gives them a different perspective. Right. You know, I, it, it lets them recharge their batteries, first of all, because, look, being a coach in the NFL, whether you're a head coach or assistant coach, is a grind. Right. And, you know, when, when guys do it for years and years and years, you can see where, you know, you might want to take a year off now that you've banked a little income and, and you got a little savings to fall back on. And it's I think it's good for some of these guys to take a year off and, and, you know, take a look around the league, see what's out there, you know, watch, watch the games on TV and, 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 and just kind of get a different perspective on, yeah. on how you do your job, how other teams are doing things. And then when you come back in, then you're ready to roll. And I, I think, you know, a year off, is not a bad thing for any coach in the NFL if you know if they find themselves out of work for for whatever reason. Right. Take that year and, and 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 you know kind of find your way again, and 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 it can it can bring some some different ideas to the table. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, but let's go ahead and move on and uh, talk a little bit about the Saints uh, postseason. Uh, Mark, this is the fourth time in a row this has happened. Okay, expectations has been high, uh, Super Bowl of bust type aspirations for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, yet in, in a, uh, a crashing crescendo, if you will. Uh, New Orleans Saints uh, had an opportunity to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a third time. They couldn't get it done. And, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, post-game uh, post storylines, Drew Brees playing with some injuries we didn't know, know of as fans. Uh, Michael Thomas getting uh, two ankle surgeries. What's going on, Mark? Uh, why is it this team, uh, year after year for the past four seasons, uh, just can't seem to get over that hump in your opinion? Well, first of all, winning a Super Bowl is hard. Mm-hmm. You know, every year, 31 teams go home unhappy, and only one goes home happy. And it's, when, it, this should be a testament to people that this Saints team has this deep of a roster and is this talented mm-hmm. and still couldn't quite get there. And, and you know, I think the year – 
the year of the no call with the Rams was was the one you know that that got away because right. that's the year that they should have gone and I think they probably would have won at the very least they would have put up more than three points on that Patriots defense oh, yeah. like the Rams did and, and I think they would have made it more of a game and I think that's the one they should have gotten I think they should have probably gotten the one in 2011 when they had five turnovers against the 49ers still almost pulled that game out and then you know Roman Harper and Malcolm Jenkins went to sleep uh, on <laughs> Vernon Davis and right. uh Essentially, ended up getting Malcolm Jenkins run out of town as a free agent. Yeah, and look, you've you've seen him, you've seen him back this year, and, and you see what he's still got in the tank. That's a good a good player that that ended up. You know, they had to make a change there because of that one playoff game, really. Yeah. Yeah. And so it it just shows you how tough it is to win a Super Bowl in the NFL. Now, as far as the Saints' playoff aspirations. I think that this is a team that you know people expected a lot of, and and for good reason. But it's not necessarily a disappointment to me that that that, that they went out earlier than, than we would have all wanted. Mm. Um, if you take a look at Sean Payton's playoff resume, he's made the playoffs nine times, right? And seven of those, he's won at least one playoff game. Right. That's a pretty solid resume for a coach, including this year, where right. the, you know they beat the Bears. Right. And then, you know, they ran into a, a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that, you know, for whatever reason, they beat them twice in the regular season, and the third time Tampa got them. Right. So, look, this is let's make, make no mistake about it. This is a talented Buccaneers team mm-hmm. that for a long time was kind of a quarterback away, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, I, I think I think that there's still a lot ahead for Jameis Winston, but you can't deny that he was kind of holding that team back last year in terms of the turnovers. Right. And and turnovers are one of the most important stats in football. If right. you if you lose that turnover battle, you, it's a huge uphill climb to try and win a game. Right. And it, and if you're you know you're greatly outmatching uh, the the team you're up against, then you probably got a shot. But if you're on an even footing, it's going to make things hard. And and you know, the Saints showed it. They turned the ball over four times against Tampa and couldn't overcome that to, to advance in the playoffs. So yeah. I, I think that you know this is a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that was ready to make a push and adding Tom Brady obviously was, you know, the, the big push over the mountain that they needed to get to the Super Bowl. I don't think they're going to win. I'm going to go on record and say, I don't, I don't think Tampa's going to win just because I think the chiefs are just too much of a juggernaut right now with what they have on offense. And it just seems like uh, even when you get up on them, they always have an answer and yeah. that's going to be really hard for Tampa to overcome. But I'm not saying they don't have a shot. I'm just saying I I I think that their run's going to end end in the Super Bowl. But for for them, that's a huge win to to go from not having made the playoffs since 2007 to a Super Bowl appearance. Right. Which, by the way, second year in a row that we see something like that. The 49ers had made the playoffs since 2013 last year. Mm-hmm. They go all the way to the Super Bowl. Right. And and so it's kind of the new the the the, the new expectation in the NFL is that you can turn it around that quickly. And and Tampa Bay. Has as far as the Saints, uh, it's just you know it's one of those things where the injuries piled up on them on, on key people. They were still relatively healthy for most of the roster, but man, when when your stars are, are hurting, it's hard to overcome a team another team in the playoffs who has their stars available. And we we see this every year. You know, I remember back year years back, there was a year where Will Smith underperformed. Right. And everybody dogged him all year long. And come to find out at the end of the year, he played with a sports hernia all year mm-hmm. and had to get it fixed in the offseason. And it didn't come out in the season because Sean Payton doesn't talk about injuries. And, we, you know, it's just not how he rolls. And, and usually we don't find out things about these guys until well afterward. Uh, last year with Alvin Kamara, it was obvious to me 
that he was hurt. Yeah. But, you know, people dogging him all season. You know, why isn't Alvin Kamara performing? And it's like, why wouldn't he want to perform? It's basically a contract year. Why would he not be putting his best foot forward? Excuse me. And so, you know, it comes out at the end of the year. Alvin Kamara was hurt. This year with Michael Thomas. You know, all years he's been trying to get back on the field and, and, you know, you know, and, and people kind of dogging him because, you know, he wasn't performing. And it's like, Mike's hurt, guys. Like, right. if, 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 if you see a player consistently play well for their entire career and then one, one year they have, like, a drop-off and they're not, like, over 35, right. then you can guess there's probably an injury you don't know about. Exactly. And so you, you, you have to give these guys the benefit of the doubt, and I think that's where sometimes people get impatient as sports fans is they don't look a little deeper below the surface and think, well, maybe this guy's dealing with something uh, because we all want the instant gratification. We all want the championship. And when, it, and when, we, when we expect it and it doesn't come, it can be a little hard to, to fathom why it didn't happen. But I think in the case of Michael Thomas, obviously he was dealing with injuries and he's going to need surgery here in the offseason. Hopefully he can come back and, and you know, he's young enough where he can, he can come back and maybe you know, be himself again. And with Drew, you know, we didn't know the extent of his injuries, but what we knew about was already pretty bad in yeah. terms of a collapsed lung and eleven broken ribs. Right. You know, that's, that's hard to breathe and, and and sleep at night, much less play a, a game of football. So, yeah. we knew he was dealing with some some things, and you know, to, to hear about the, the torn rotator cuff and hear about the other things you know he was dealing with after the fact, everything kind of makes sense in hindsight when you when you watch how he played, and I think that's why. We saw the play from Jameis Winston in the playoff game where, you know, the deep pass for the touchdown, Drew couldn't make that throw. It's obvious, you know, knowing about knowing about the torn rotator cuff and, and the rib injuries and everything, that's not a throw he was going to be able to make in the playoffs. And, and, and Sean Payton did what needed to be done and put Jameis in the game to make that throw. And, 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 and a lot of it makes sense now. So I think in terms of the Saints this season – uh, they just had you know a, a couple of you know really injured stars who you know, couldn't couldn't answer the bell for whatever reason and did all they could to try to help this team win and in, in the end what they were able to give us wasn't enough and you also have to look at guys who underperformed like Jared Cook who I think you know I think his days in black and gold are finished yeah. I think they're probably going to move on from him this offseason. Mm-hmm. and and for me that's a guy that I've been really disappointed in because I was very excited. When they signed him as a free agent, I, the year before he came to the Saints, I actually had him on my fantasy team as a Raider, and so I knew what his tight end numbers were. Yeah. He was my starter week in and week out. And when we got him, it's like he's a little bit over thirty, but I think he still got something in the tank. <coughs> Excuse me. Obviously, he had a little bit of chemistry to, to build with Drew Brees, and that was hampered when Drew got the thumb injury last year. But we saw them mid-season start to really hook up, and then. It, uh, this season, you know, when we thought that they'd pick up where they left off, it just didn't. And you know, we also saw him, you know, become a little turnover prone, and that really, you know, that that fumble in the playoff game, I think, is what turned the tide for the Saints. Yeah, I, I think I think once once that fumble happened, the momentum was in their favor, yeah. and then it wasn't, yeah. and then they couldn't get it back. Yeah. Are the Saints the most underachieving team in NFL history, Martin? Um. I guess it depends on what your criteria are. I look at, you know, four Buffalo Bills teams in a row that went to the Super Bowl and didn't win one. That's rough. I look at four Minnesota Vikings teams in the 70s that went to the Super Bowl and didn't win one. That's rough. Um, You know, if you take a look at the Saints didn't get to a Super Bowl, maybe under those criteria, yeah. But I I would also take a look at the Vikings teams with Chris Carter and, uh, and, um, 
and uh, Randy Moss and uh, and Dante Culpepper. That team probably should have made a Super Bowl appearance and didn't. Um, so I, I don't know if I, if I would. It's hard to say of all time for anything, but you know, I, I think for Saints fans, uh, certainly the, you know, this stretch of the Saints uh, franchise is probably the most underwhelming in terms of you know you thought you had a, a real shot, and you know all it ended up with was you know one NFC Championship game appearance in those Super Bowls. Uh, so I, I think for Saints fans, yeah, you might you might say this is the most disappointing stretch. But for me, I still say that 2011 year when they set all those records on offense mm-hmm. and you know and didn't make it to, to the NFC title game, where you know they probably would have won the NFC title game if they just gotten past the 49ers because they would have hosted, they would have drawn a yeah. wild card Giants team at home. Yeah. And and to me, that to me was still the most disappointing season in terms of what the Saints put on the field. Right. Uh, I would I would say the most disappointing was 2018 with the no call because that yeah, one yeah. it just felt like it was stolen, yeah. and that's really hard to deal with. That that that's the only year that I can remember where I actually didn't watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I, I, I never I jo- saw the Super Bowl. I, I joined in with 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 the the calls of everybody here in New Orleans that said boycott. I was yeah. like, you know what, I'm in Boy, I'm boycott. <laughs> I'm taking my Sunday back. We're gonna we're gonna go you know do stuff as a family and have some fun and, and not even worry about the fact that there's a football game on. And so well, it, that, didn't that was, like, it didn't seem like we were the only ones that boycotted. I mean, Saints <laughs> fans and and the offense of both teams seen to boycott that game. You know, so it wasn't very good <laughs> from what I heard because I I never saw it. That that's 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 one of my. That's one of the Super Bowls that I can remember in my lifetime that I, I just never watched. You know, I think every from from I guess from probably the age of six to to current, I can just remember uh, laying my eyes on at least uh, one of those Super Bowls. You know, up to uh, the age of thirty four where I am now. But I never seen that Super Bowl. Never had an interest either. So. Not I'm not gonna watch it. It's 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 no. it's it's uh, it's it's dead to me. It, uh, the Super Bowl didn't <laughs> happen either. Yeah, but I mean, Mark, look, forty-nine wins, uh, you know, in, over the past four seasons. I mean, that's an NFL record, um, you know, for a team that never uh, reached the Super Bowl. I mean, it's unfortunate, but I mean, you like you made a very interesting point. I mean, you got to give some credit here. Uh, the disappointments the Saints have had over the last four seasons, and for them to bounce back, uh, you know, and, and go to the postseason each and every time when other teams probably would have folded like a cheap tent. Uh, you know, I mean, you got to give them credit there, but. Uh, finally, Mark, I, I want to ask you about the quarterback situation. Uh, this is has become uh, absolutely hilarious to me. Uh, people are talking about the Saints possibly trying to acquire Deshaun Watson, but if you realize what Houston is asking for, I mean, uh, the the most logical Saints fan would be like, ah, nah, okay. But the Saints seems like they're going to have to uh, find a successor to Drew Brees. Drew Brees hasn't made uh, an official press conference yet. I feel like it's coming pretty soon. I think he's just trying to give the NFL their their moment uh, before he announces it. But the Saints moving forward with their secession plan with uh, that you know that may involve Taysom Hill or even Jameis Winston. What do you think the Saints need to do? Uh, you know, going forward, should they keep Jameis Winston, who is right now a free agent? Should they uh, try to go with Taysom Hill, or should they? Uh, you know, try to get maybe a rookie quarterback that everybody has been talking about in a who that nation like a Mac Jones. Well, let's start with Taysom Hill because he's the one we have the most information on. Right. I can see him start four games this year. 
because Drew Brees was hurt with the rib injury. We saw him play the Atlanta Falcons twice. We saw him play a Denver Broncos team without a quarterback. And we saw him lose to a Philadelphia Eagles team that was not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've seen enough of Taysom Hill that I don't really trust him as as a star, as a starter at this point. I think he's too turnover prone. Hmm. I think you know, and 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 what's the worst part about it is it's not even interceptions. He just fumbles too much, right? And I think we've also seen when he's in the pocket, he doesn't throw with anticipation, and when and and he holds the ball too long. Yeah, and you know, at this point, you know, at with his age, I don't know how much of that's going to change. Right. He's, it's not like he's a young, you know, twenty-three-year-old who you can mold. He's right. he kind of is who he is at this point. Right. And so I think in terms of Taysom Hill, I don't really trust him as the regular starter going forward. I trust him in the role he's had as a change of pace quarterback, which is kind of a new position. Sean Payton has invented, you know, you used to have change of pace running backs. Now you got change of pace quarterback in New Orleans. Um, I think Taysom Hill in short bursts is very effective. And I, 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 but I also think even that you're starting to telegraph, you know, when he comes in the game, it's going to be a run. Mm -hmm. And he, if if he's going to have to show me a lot in the passing game for me to be comfortable with him being a starting quarterback for a team that I think is still going to be at least a playoff contender. Right. Um, in terms of Jameis Winston, all of that is right now up in the air because he's not under contract. Good point. Um, so I wouldn't object to giving Jameis a shot at, you know, seeing what he could do. Uh, I think, you know, we, we talked about Jameis last time I was on, right. and I, I think, you know, the difference between Jameis – and Teddy Bridgewater is that Teddy had a year in the system before he was thrust into a starting role, and I think that really set him up for success. Right. I think with Jameis, you know, not only you know had he just gotten here, he didn't have mini camps, he didn't have training camp, he didn't right. have OTAs. It was all right. virtual, and then you know it's it, it is what it is with with, with the season that you know, during a pandemic, and they did the best they could. But I just you know I think this year would have been too soon to really give him a fair shot. And so personally, I'm glad that we got to see Tamus, Tamus, Taysom start. <laughs> they fair, might be fair assessment. I mean, you did see a combination of Jameis uh, this year. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I think, I think, you know, it was, it was good that we got a fair assessment of Taysom Hill right. while Drew was out this season, because I think as long as he's been in the system, he was ready for that. I think it would have been unfair to Jameis to throw him in, and then hold it against him if something went wrong. Right. So I think you know, and late in the season, you know, we saw him go in and 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 run that play for the deep bomb in the playoffs. And I I think you know, had something happened to Drew in that playoff game, I would have been more comfortable at that point with Jameis coming in because you know he he's had more time to digest the system. And I think you know, if they bring him back, he'll have a, you know a whole off season with the playbook. He'll have hopefully actual OTAs and actual mini camps and actual training camp. And, you know, we'll get to see what he can really do. Um, You know, we haven't seen him since Tampa let him go in in any meaningful football. We know he had LASIK surgery, so hopefully his eyes are better. You know, (laughs) we know he's going to be in a different system from the Bruce Arians system, which, Mm -hmm. you know, maximizes passes and and kind of downplays 
turnovers and, and bad throws until it comes time to evaluate your quarterback and maybe give him a new contract. Right. Then it's like, oh, well, it's a lot of uh, a lot of turnovers there, Jameis. And, but, you know, we, but we saw that, and we talked about this last time, we saw that out of Tom Brady early yeah. in the year, a lot of yeah. turnovers because yeah. that's how Arians' system works. And so in that respect, Jameis kind of wasn't given a fair shake in terms of the end of his t- career in Tampa. Now, could he be better in New Orleans? It's possible. We, we just don't know because we haven't seen him really run Sean Payton's system. I'd be willing to give him a shot. Um, you know, I, I, when it comes to Deshaun Watson, who wouldn't want Deshaun Watson? Yeah. <laughs> if, if, all, if, if all things were equal and you said you could have Deshaun Watson or Jameis Winston, obviously Deshaun Watson would be the answer. But Absolutely. you're right. You know, what, what they're going to ask for him would mortgage any team's future. Yep. And he's going to have to go to a team that's ready to contend for a Super Bowl right now. And in, ter- in terms of whether that's the Saints or not, the offseason will tell us because they have to get under the salary cap. And I don't think this is a deal where they're going to have to blow up the team and, and you know, this is going to be, you know, nothing but rookies and 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 afterthoughts next season other than, like, Alvin Kamara. It's, it's not going to be like that. Um, I've, I've seen people say, you know, with a very negative tone that, you know, the, Saint, the, the Saints window is closed. I don't think – it's going to be quite that bad. I think we're going to see some role players and some veterans uh, that have been here a while. Maybe you know have to have have to take a walk and, and find employment elsewhere just because we can't afford them under, uh, as we try to get under the cap. But I think in terms of your key players, in terms of your starters, those guys are going to still be here, and it's going to be up to the Saints to rebuild that depth through undrafted free agents, through draft picks. Through you know guys that they grab off of other teams you know, practice squads or you know guys who show up in the offseason, they're gonna have to find those guys, and I think that they can find those guys. They've shown over and over again that they can find the diamond in the rough when it comes to guys who weren't drafted and just need a shot. You know, look yeah. look at look at look at a guy like uh, like Carl Granderson. Yeah. Look at a guy like uh, like even going back to Pierre Thomas. Yeah, you know, Pierre Thomas point. came in as an undrafted rookie, and they had drafted a running back that year. And Antonio Pittman, who had been a college star, and right. when all was said and done, they cut Pittman and kept Pierre Thomas. Yep. Look at look at Marcus Colston, a seventh round pick, who by the end of training camp they were trading Dante Stallworth because <laughs> Colston had come along so far, and and they and they they had found one. Yep. So I I think that this is a regime that can find those guys, and that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to rebuild some of the depth on this roster. But in terms of guys like Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. Cam Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramchek. I think they're going to hold on to all those guys, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be the fire sale that some people think it's going to be. Uh, because, look, the front office for the Saints always finds a way. Yep. Mickey Loomis finds a way. Kai Harley finds a way. And, 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 and more often than not, they, they not only keep the guys they want, but manage to find some kind of room to go sign a couple guys they need. Yep. So uh, I, I, I don't think it's doom and gloom for the Saints. I think obviously the biggest question they have to square away is at quarterback, and, and that's why we're talking about it. And you know, if if it's Jameis Winston, you know, if if that's the guy that that Sean brings back and settles on, I'm going to trust Sean because he hasn't he hasn't led us astray in terms of you know with with a couple of you know down years in there you know when they were seven and nine a couple of times. And what did he do? He shook things up. He reevaluated his scouting department. He reevaluated his his uh, his uh, you know, support staff. And got it fixed. So, I tend to trust Mickey and Sean 
in these decisions until they prove me otherwise. Yeah. And so if if they bring back Jameis then and, and he's the guy, I'm gonna say, let's go. Let's let's see what he's got. Uh because I, I do think his second act is going to be different from his first. That's a fair assessment, Mark. You know, I, I think a lot of people are, are rooting for Jameis Winston uh, this time around. Uh, you know, hit uh, you, you hit the nail on the head when it comes to Bruce Arians. I mean, you look at the the track record. Every quarterback that he was a uh, you know coaching always had a high rate of interceptions, and you can even make an argument and say that uh, Tom Brady uh, switched that offense around. You know, he, he's running more of the New England type offense out there in Tampa. So I, I want to give Bruce Arians credit on there, a guy who has a huge ego for him to humble himself and say, you know what, this isn't working. Let's try to go with what with makes Tom more comfortable. And now they got a Super Bowl berth in the process. But uh, Mark, uh, thank you so much uh, for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast. And before you go, my friend, let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Mark Menard 13. That's M-A-R-K-M-E-N-A-R-D-1-3. Uh, I'm also, you know, I work for WWL Radio. Uh, I'm, uh, you can hear me on the, doing the anchoring sportscast every afternoon uh, starting at 4 o'clock. I'm part of the crew with Bobby Bear and Christian Garrick. I get to contribute on that show a bit. Uh, right now I'm kind of in full Pelicans mode, so you'll be hearing me talk talk Pelicans a lot. And, uh, you know, late last season I got elevated to the – to hosting the locker room show after Saints game, so when Saints season cranks back up, hopefully uh, I, I did enough and they'll and they'll keep me around and because uh, that's that's a fun gig and uh, and and uh, you know you guys can you know, tune in and hear that on the Saints radio network when the season comes back around. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it, Mark. And definitely want to get you uh, back on the uh, the new podcast I have called the State of the Game podcast to talk Pelicans. But thank you so much, my friend, and uh, you take care. Thanks for having me back. It's always a good time talking to you, man. Appreciate uh, it. All right, thank you.